Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And this is our Best 22 episode where we both reveal what we believe our best team is if everyone is fit. Now, if you're wondering why we aren't revealing our round one teams, because look, we all know we've got a fair few players injured right now, and you're probably asking, what's the point? Well, don't worry, because we will be revealing our best 22s for round one in our round one build-up show. So all of that will be covered, but in this episode, it's probably nice Mm -hmm. to see where the sort of hierarchy sits, and, and it's basically the best way we can kind of go through the whole list, chat about each player, see where they're all out. So at the end of the season, we can review it and I guess see how much things have changed. But one last thing before we get into this episode, Lockie, you are always hurling a few jabs my way. Little bit of abuse at times, I would say, particularly around my lack of plugs on this show. Often about me burying them into the 60 minute mark at the end of the show of the episode. (sighs) So look, mate, I'm opening the floor to you. (laughs) You step up, you step up to the plate. Show me what you've got. No more complaining that it's me that forgets. I reckon it's time, mate. New mm. year. Take some responsibility. I'm giving you the floor. <laughs> Tell the people what you'd like them to know. Lockie, take it away. Oh, my goodness. I actually am not prepared for this. I was thinking we were going to do this in the next one, but that's okay. I can do this off the top of my head. I don't need to write down my things like you do. As the, as the co-host, I can, I can just do things off the dome. So what do we want the people to know? The most important thing, we've got some merch left. We Beautiful. posted some merch a couple of weeks ago, beautiful tees. They, about 80% of them went in with the click of a finger, but there's some lingerers and we haven't been promoting them. So jump onto what's the easiest way, our Instagram or Twitter or Facebook to go onto the Navy Blue Corner Big Cartel. Mate, if you go Google. onto any of, our, any of our socials, she will be there. You're clicking yeah. on that little link tree, it drops down, takes you to all of the places. It'll be in the show notes That's of good. this episode. If you're on YouTube, it'll be in the description. Hell, if I if I remember on my editing of this episode, it might flash across the screen as well. So don't you worry about the mm-hmm. link to our big cartel, okay. Navy Blue Corner Big Cartel. It will be there. If you're interested in some merch, I mean, I think we've got three or four largest left. Got a couple of double XLs. Grab them while they're hot because these things are not going to last too much longer. Lockie, what else would you love the people to know? Thank you very much. Uh, what else do I know? I mean, if you're not following us on, if you've got a Twitter account and you listen to us and you don't follow us, n- absolutely no idea what you're doing because during the season, Ian is firing off his hot takes live. <laughs> you don't have to wait until a day after the game. Um, ingest them. Like, let vent your frustrations with Ian throughout the game. I think that's a good one. Um, I mean... Round one is a week away, mate, and we're going to be at the game. If you're going to be at the game, let us know. Shoot us a message. Let's get a beer. Why not? 100%. No, mate, you've done done all right there. Probably the only thing you haven't said. What are we missing? You've got to give them a plug to what the socials is. It's at Navy Blue Corner on all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Get on all the socials. If you're listening to this right now on your streaming service, Chuck us a follow so you never miss an episode. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Get these numbers up. It, it helps us at the end of the day. But then it helps you because it's in your subscription box. You don't have to f- search, try and find it if we've released an episode. It's there. It's get the notification. Get all that fun stuff. But look, now that that's out of the way, Lockie can't <sighs> no. yell at me anymore because I tell you, once no. this recording stops, I'm getting abuse. It's it's almost a little bit too much at times. Uh, no, but it's all in all seriousness. I'm happy that that's out of the way. Let's get straight into this episode. I feel like we've spoken for too many minutes without revealing our best 22s. And almost the hardest part of the best 22 
is making sure you don't forget a player. Oh, I've forgotten. Because I know that <laughs> it's what I'm nervous about, that I've forgotten someone like Walshie or someone like that and, and haven't got them in there. But let's go through this line by line. Lockie, I'd love to hear who the defenders are in your best 22. Everyone fit. Keep that in mind. Okay. Well, I'm excited to be able to compare our little teams and see if Ooh, we can yeah. have some disagreements for once. Uh, but there was a pretty clear seven for me. So I've gone with Weeders and Young as the, yep. two, the, the two taller guys nailing down the key positions. Got to have Gov there, though. Yep. Our, our great interceptor when he's healthy. I mean, you've made some bold predictions about him when he gets healthy. So, And I actually got some ridicule about that from mates during the week, by the way. That was about the hot time. take that stuck with people. <laughs> they, the, really? You know, Non-Carlton fans... They're not they're not high on McGovern, as we as we spoke about. So even more ammunition for Gov there. So we've got Weeders, Young, and Gov. And then the smalls, I've got Saad, Newman, and Doherty. Yep. And I've still got Williams in this team, but he's on the bench. But I'm gonna lump him in this group of the defenders. That's my seven. Well, I'm good to hear see hear all of the above <laughs> that we've finally we've got a disagreement. We've actually done something Perfect. different to start this up. Um, I've got very similar. I've definitely got Weedering, Young, and McGovern as my tools. I've got Doc, Williams, and Saad in there, but no Nick Newman for me. Mark wow. actually takes my last bench spot, so I know there's going to be some happy people to hear Marchies on there. Maybe some Carlton besties will be very happy to hear <laughs> that Caleb Marchbank is in my team. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, let's discuss this. So, Finally, some some differences. Why have you gone, I, I guess, Nick and Newman? Yeah. Talk me through your selection about this backline because there's still, I guess, a few names that can kind of get thrown into this. Why is it Newman for you that takes that last spot? Yeah, I think it's just about kind of the type of player if I compare those mm. two, March and Newman. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're at the end of the day, they're playing a different kind of role. And I think when I think about that team with Waiters and Young, McGovern and Marchbank. Also considering what my team looks like a little bit down the field, it's yeah. like I just worry that we're going to be a little bit too slow and just kind mm. of a bit too bit, bit too much of a tall team. But uh, you know, I think some people would make an mm. argument as well of not having McGovern in there and maybe having Marchy do that role. Um, but for me, I think Newman maybe he's like maybe he's one of the more underrated guys on our mm. list in fact. Um, because he, he goes under the radar with what he does, but then you look back at um, the games he plays, and he's like, "Well, he's actually he does his job um, bloody well." Yeah, he's probably my most stiff to miss out. Like number one snub for me is Nick Newman. I really like what he brings. Mm. It's hard, and it's it's a hard thing to get that balance right in that back line. We've spoken so much in the off season. The club themselves have kind of spoken about that transition, particularly out of defence and. While I've probably gone a little bit tall there, I think if you've got Doherty, you've got Williams, you've got Saad, they can kind of do a lot of that running. You can probably throw a couple of other guys around there if you really need it. But yep. for me, I don't know. I think we saw that those last few games, how well it worked. We've almost struggled at times to get that real lockdown small defender and even that intercept defender. So I think having a guy like Gov, having a guy like Marchbank that can play tall, can play small, a little bit versatile, have the defensive qualities, but can also rebound for us. I just think it's yeah. really something special. Like knowing Gov has that kind of quick pace and really good foot, really good disposal. 
I like him almost at times floating a bit half back and then allowing mm. a guy like Marchbank to do his stuff. And at their best, I think it's hard to say to to have to not start them really. And yeah, I think Newman mm. slightly misses out, but I think for the balance, probably for the rest of my team, I, I feel that this is probably the best combination, but I'd love to also hear what the listeners think as well, who they've got as their back Absolutely. six or seven, because you can throw a lot out there. And um, probably my next question on that is you obviously disagree with it for your everyone fit, but I guess mm. what are your kind of thoughts around like, can do you think that we can play both Gov and Marchbank in the same team or would you prefer a runner and just one of those two. What's your sort of feelings around the structure of that back line? Yeah, well, it's it's sad to say that we may not be sport for choice this year at times with selections, <laughs> but I, I definitely think it can work. I think this is the way that I've kind of looked looking at this team. It's like, what, who am I going to trust mm. to be able to yeah. win a game of footy? Like everyone's healthy. Yeah. And I think when I, when I think about the extremely small sample size last year where we saw, mm. you know, Marchi and Gov, it was like, am I? Uh, I'm absolutely love Marchi. Nobody yeah. come for me, but with this sentence, I'm going to say, I'm not sold yet that he's going to be able to get back to what he was and what we expected him to be able to come, but uh, be able to be yeah. before these injuries. Um, whereas Newman, it's like I know what I'm going to get from him. Mm. From him. Um, so I, I, I think it can definitely work, though. Um, and I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful that it will mm. it yeah, will yeah. work out. Um, so yeah, why not? Mm. Yeah. I think if you get the right combination around them, it, it'll work. And probably my one drawback on a Nick Newman is I think sometimes his disposal can let him down a little bit and there's probably just a few sure. better in his position that I think can dispose of the ball a little bit nicer out of that D 50. And look, from what I've seen of Marchbank when he has been fit and I know it's been so long and, and that probably goes to your point. Like it's a little bit on, potential in a way or hoping that he's going to give what he did a few years ago. But I just remember how calm I felt when he was down in that defense. And that's probably been something that's been missing over the years that he has been out. And speaking of transition, like I just want guys in that defense that I can trust and never when Caleb Marchbank is around the ball, do I worry? Oh, he's not going to take this mark. He's going to make a bad decision. He's going to turn the ball over. He seems like pretty safe hands. So that's probably why I've just gone him over a guy like Nick Newman. But, I mean, you've yep. got another few guys that we'll chat about as we go through this who could potentially take take that next step and be that extra runner. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out when a few more guys go into that. But I guess speaking of like runners, one of them are injured. One of them is injured at the moment <clears throat> in a Zach Williams out for the year. So who for you at the moment, if everyone else is fit around that, who is that next kind of Zach Williams replacement for you taking out of this squad? Yeah, well, I mean, it would be your man, the big 37. If he was healthy, mm. um, because yeah. I think he, you know, he's the most like-for-like in that role. But then, you know, after that, it's, you know, it's a lame answer, yeah. but it would it would be Marchbank after that. I think the, yeah. the guys that I'd be looking at is, um, you know, like Plowman would be around mm. it as someone that can be reliable at times controversial opinion um and then uh, like for me I, I'm, I'm not including cowan in this team even though we're excited uh, by what yeah. we've seen uh, there's not enough for me yet to rely mm. on the fact that he'd be able to deliver yeah uh, I, th- I think for me like straight into my team it's obviously nick newman it's a pretty easy one to be- bring straight in apart from that it'll probably be boyd who's injured at the moment 
it's going to be really interesting to see how his season plays out. We don't really know timeline-wise how long he's going to be out of the team. But once he does come back, because he doesn't have that head start and and maybe a guy like Cowan, guys like Newman, really take on that spot, even a Chin Cotter, well and truly Mm. potential to play round one. Where does then Boyd sit in that crop? What level is he going to come back at? It's going to be really positive when he is back because we just need the kind of player he is. Um, Apart from those guys, it probably is Cowan for me if I need another runner apart from those that I've just named. Which Mm. probably is a bit frustrating that we're already kind of relying on our depth and guys that haven't played an AFL game start of the season, which I know is conversations for that round one build-up episode. But fully healthy, we've got so many talented players and it, it just goes back to that. We need our players fit and healthy because our best is amazing. But we don't know a lot of that depth when you take two or three out of a position. Um, yep. I guess on that as well, talking about other roles and, and where this back line's going to go, who for you out of your team plays almost that lockdown small defender? <laughs> it's something we talk about every single year. Who's playing <sighs> on Papley? Who's playing on Charlie Cameron? Out of your team, do you have someone highlighted for that oh, role? If you would God. give that role to someone, yeah, I guess it is really matchup specific. I mean, I think mm. people underrate what Saad can do in that kind of role, depending on who the guy is. Um, but I also don't think it's out of um, Newman's, um, mm. I guess, bag to be able to do that either. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not mm. as easy as when uh, Plowman was the best P2 <laughs> yeah. guy. It's like, well, we know what he's going to be doing. Um, but maybe mm. that also changes the way that we think about um, defending as well. And, you know, yeah. maybe not necessarily doing that real lockdown, quote unquote, vibe, but just mm. that our defense is in such harmony that it, they're all working well together. But what about you? Do you have a guy like that, Pencil? <laughs> I feel like Marchbank and McGovern can kind of do a little bit of that just because of the fact that they Mm. obviously aren't necessarily small, but they're pretty nimble for their size and can add a bit of physicality down there and almost try to play off them a little bit to intercept. But I kind of agree with you. I feel like we're almost past the, this guy's just in the team to be locked down because like, as you said, like we need to improve on team defense. It was a big thing when the Teague era ended was like team defense. Let's sort this out. So we're not relying on playing a guy that's mm. they're just in the team to lock down. And, and it reminds me a little bit of a conversation that a few of us had at the um, Collingwood practice game, which was even thinking about yeah. opposition teams. Like who are the best small lockdown defenders in the AFL? Like do teams have them? Cause like we could mm. probably name like one or two that are decent at it for times, but a lot of the times when you're thinking about a backline, you're not going, oh, he's the lockdown that plays on Charlie Cameron yeah. this week. Like it, it isn't something that gets spoken about a lot, which makes me almost evaluate the, the thinking around this. In maybe we don't need that. Maybe it is a rotation. You mentioned Saad and his ability, mm. like his closing speed in that back half is incredible and putting yep. a few guys around him that can body him, that can use their speed at times, hoping that the rest of the team and the structure just means the ball doesn't go to them. I think it's probably the evolution of where we're going, going forward in these more modern games. I think hopefully mm-hmm. that is the way about it. Hope so. Apart from that, I think the only other last question I have around the defense is injury-wise. Injury-wise, we know that, you know, 
trying to rely on a few of these guys and McGovern and a March bank have had their injury yeah. issues when they have played that intercept defender has been such a big role in the way that we like to go about it. If both of those touch wood mm. aren't available for one week, what are you doing? Are you going just the two talls, some smalls around them? Have you earmarked someone to come in straight as that? Uh, third tall, I guess, if you're the coach, what are you doing match selection-wise if, if our two intercept defenders aren't there? I hope everybody listening looked around their room just then and touched whatever wood they did have. <laughs> yeah, okay, good to go. Um, gosh, it's sad that we haven't mentioned Kemp in this section at all. Yeah. Not that not that I'm sold that being a defender is his ultimate pathway into this team, but... I guess he's like an obvious guy that comes to mind um, of someone that is versatile, could do some different things. Do we have mentioned Sam Durden? I'm trying to make sure that we mention every name. I know you want to go through the names. Um, not that he's going to be an intercept guy, but it's like, you know, you bring him in, maybe that that unlocks Young, maybe Weedering goes back to, you know, some of those intercepting ways. God, we're going to have to get crafty if that's the case. It's definitely not ideal that we don't really have that our sort of two intercept defenders are quite injury prone, but you'd probably hope that a camp, someone like that is ready to go. Probably the disappointing part of preseason is that he's had a couple of injured niggles. We haven't necessarily seen a lot of him. I think you're right. He's probably the one earmarked for that role or, and this is the difficult thing again. Like, are you going, you know, that dirt and in young to be the interceptor doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence Yeah, I I mean, there's definitely options. I don't know if any of them are amazing. And that's that's probably the difficult part. I'd hope that we could just throw Kemp in and have him as an interceptor, let him play a bit more of a free role, attack the ground and try to, you know, penetrate offenses and push that the ball forward down down the field. But we just don't have anyone else. And you just got to fingers crossed one of those are fit because when we played that interceptor, we were able to move the ball so much better. The ball wasn't coming in deep because we were stopping it earlier down that chain and everything yeah. was better for it. I mean, that's going to be an interesting part of this season. You know, we're going to have to watch and, and keep an eye on what happens with that third tall. How is it going to play out? Um, actually, I've got one last thing. I know we're talking about defenders for a while, but yeah. you know how high I am on big Caleb Marchbank and, there's yeah. probably been a bit of discourse in this preseason about Lewis Young and, and whether he is locked de- in to be that number two defender to a guy like Jacob Wiedering, who is so amazing. Do you think there's scope for a March bank to become the second main key defender, hmm. Gov become that intercept, and Young either sits out or if there's an injury, Young then plays that intercept role that it seems like many of the doggies said he was almost preferred at, or do you more just see mm. it almost being that there's this intercept role to be available or a lockdown small and that's it for, for a guy like Caleb Marchbank? It's a lame, a lame answer that I hate to give, but like if I think team specific, like say we're rolling into round two against Geelong mm. and we only have one of Weedering or Young available, like, is, would Marchbank be the guy that's going on the second, mm. like to take Cameron? Yeah. Like, does that does that give you how how confident would you feel about that? Would that be a, a big concern for you going into that game, or you think he would be able to do the job? I'm not sure it's like a massive, massive 
concern because I don't know. Weirdly, I don't think the level between both of those players, lockdown wise, playing on the big tall is is a massive difference. I know Young showed a lot more recently. I probably wouldn't be super confident early into the season, but moving on, I think that's the mm. that's an area I'm interested to watch in because at Marchbank's best, he's been able to kind of do both and been okay as that second. And I wonder if be, being a bigger body, having a few more years in the system, even if he hasn't been out there playing AFL level, whether he sure. has that room in his game to become that second because I think it's kind of talking about my lack of faith at the moment in a Lewis Young being the long-term yeah. Second key defender. I'm not super confident in him, which I think others might may seriously disagree with me. Think no, Young's perfect. Keep him in there. But if I'm going to like talk about weaknesses in this team, I'm not like convinced. Like if you told me we're getting no, you know Ben Mackay or whoever it is, I'm like yes, let's go for Ooh, someone else because I'm not 100 on him. Maybe let's hopefully manifest in something. He's but... not injury prone. <laughs> not at all. Uh, but. Yuck. Yeah, I, I think that there's room for improvement in that defense in a multiple multitude of areas. And if someone like him can step up and mm. take that role where he has more elements to his game that I feel comfortable with, I'm not against yeah. it. But I think we're just going to have to maybe wait and see whether he can evolve into that. But I thought I'd just throw it out as mm. an option. Yeah. Not that I'm sold on it now, but something that we can kind of watch for the rest of the season. My fingers are crossed. I would, I would love that. That would make me very happy. Mm, so I'll, I'll we'll go to almost a bit, bit more of a layup before we go to the ruck discussion. Let's talk midfielders straight away. A layup, Lockie, you say? Well, I feel like it's closer to a layup than than the ruck discussion at this stage. But give me your midfielders. I want to hear the wingers. I want to hear everyone involved in this and anyone you may have on the bench. Lay your team on me, Lockie. Paddy Dow. No, I'm joking. Don't write that down. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was ready to. I was ready. I, 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 if you had seen my paper, pen. I already had CR written down. I had Crips ready to go <gasps> in that one. <laughs> Crips is in your best 22? Just, just made it in. Um, yeah, so I've gone with... We might actually have a different here. I've got Crips, Hewitt, and Chera yeah. as my favorite uh, center bounce duo. Uh, okay. Duo. Did That's you three people lucky you've done <laughs> great start? Yeah, I do Let's, have a different uh... opinion on the, on the on the on the three players in there. Oh, Yikes! Okay. Uh, and I've got Kennedy on my bench as that rotation, and then yep. the starting wings. I've got the big Blakers, and I've got Lob on the other wing. Low okay. Brian, take that. Look, I, I want to throw something out. Does Sam Walsh not make your team at all? Sam Walsh is. Starting on my half forward line in that oh, push up oh, the ground a, role. Oh, we've got a we've got a spoiler ahead. Okay, well I'm I'll write him you, down just you I wanted it to out make sure. I was very worried that you'd forgotten a Sam Walsh here, just because I will be mentioning him in my team there. Um, Go for it. Yeah, so my midfield very similar. We got Cripps in there. We got Hewitt. We got Walsh as my starters in there. Kennedy and Chera on the bench. My wingers. Definitely Acres, lock him into that. And I don't have O'Brien. I've gone my man, Ollie Hollands, which most probably would have predicted. So we've got another disagreement. Let's go into this because the rest really picked themselves in this midfield. Why are you going O'Brien as your second winger? I almost feel like we 
<laughs> Tell me why you think he's the best player in the world. <laughs> I, I almost feel like we can't have this discussion yet until I have your full team because you said two okay. of those blokes on your bench, right? So that means you've already used three of your bench spots and I've only used yeah. two. So, But I, I'll say, I mean, for me, I if I had to put my money on it, I think by the end of this season, Ollie Hollands will be the locked on winger. Yeah. Just just right now, if, if I'm talking, we're all healthy. Let's go win round one. Currently, I don't know. Mm. I'm not fully convinced on what yeah. we're going to get from Ollie round one. That's why yeah. it's lob. But Ollie's the man. Mm. Yeah. Look, I, you know, long time listeners to this know that I do like O'Brien. He's one of the best kicks we have. He's able to stay wide and, and give us something just purely because his disposal by foot is so good. He's one of the best players to get delivering the ball inside 50. There's just there's still just question marks on where he's going, and I think it's that development yeah. issue. Last year we saw he was fine to be out there, had no issues at all, but I want to go past that. And I think the question Agreed. for me at the moment, and it was it's hard because it's preseason and you don't know how much these guys are putting into it, but... I was probably more impressed over the two games with Hollands compared to O'Brien. Like, no I, And I get what you're talking about. Like, you know what you're getting from an O'Brien. Hollands, you throw him in round one against the Tigers. What's that going to mean? Is he going to be one of these guys that come in first year and a little bit startled by the, by the occasion? Like, mm. what is he going to actually sure. produce in, into the games? But as far as, like, I think he's a decent kick. He might not be as good as O'Brien, but I do like what he does and... Just his ability yeah. to cover the ground. I liked his positioning a little bit more. I liked his mm-hmm. hunger in the tackle a little bit more. Absolutely. So it's almost like for me, it's kind of like a 50-50. I have no issue with either of them, but I'm going the ceiling. I'm going someone who has that high potential out of the two because I'm kind of splitting hairs between them. And so with that, I'm going my boy Hollands over it. But it's, the wings is going to be like the big debate. Like round one, what are we doing? Who's playing? Who's not? Are we having a third one in there? And a guy I want to throw out early into this because he probably may have been in this discussion a lot if he was fit and ready to go. But a Matty Cottrell who played that wing quite a Mm. lot last season, when he's fit again, where is he in your hierarchy, in your depth chart? Do you have him as a wing? Like, What are you looking at with with a Matty Cottrell? Do you you see him as someone that can Mm. really compete? For that role, I'd love to get your thoughts. Again, I would, if we were talking fully fit, round one, like the the team that I've got my life yeah. on the line for, I would still have Cottrell ahead of Hollands, just because, yeah. like you said, who knows how? Mm. Like, was Hollands going at two hundred percent, and everyone else was yeah. going at fifty? But I, I, I currently have I, I believe I have Cottrell below Lob in yeah my hierarchy as well. Mm. So I, I think by the end of the season, we'll, we'll be saying that it's Akers and Hollands are a step above the rest. Lob yeah. is then there. And then Cottrell, I'm not sure whether, yeah, I'm not mm. sure where, where his place is going to be by the end of the year. Mm. Yeah. He's, he's such an interesting player. Last season was obviously his best year he's had for us. Showed a lot. And yep. I probably, if it's just wing role, I probably have O'Brien over him as well, but I don't know. There's something about Cottrell and his ability that we saw at, at stages to play a bit high half forward and, and put it on the scoreboard. Like he's a really good set shot. He's able to position himself well to get in those scoring opportunities that 
Mm. If we need extra run in a game, I don't mind him being that added bench spot. Like if you know, you have we seen sure. at times last year we we ran with almost like three wingers. We were we were having these hybrid kind of guys. Just his ability to play multiple positions that at the moment it's like O'Brien's a winger or nothing. Holland's mm-hmm. pretty much like a winger or nothing. I like the flexibility with the Cottrell. So I agree yep. with you. I think O'Brien's probably above him. But if it comes to like a different section or you want more versatility in that team, that's probably where I see Cottrell. Mm-hmm. It's just disappointing because there was so much talk in and around Carlton that he'd put on some size. He might be able to do a little yeah. bit more. And then he goes and gets the injury and he's out for, for who knows how long. And you just don't get to see the best out of him. Um Yep. Another question about a bit of fitness. We've also had some injuries to this with a Sam Walsh. And it's almost a two-parter. I'll throw it all in the one. So answer it, whichever one you want first. But who is your Thanks. straight swap for Sam Walsh at the moment? And then obviously Doc is in our teams. Does he play a lot of midfield for you when Walsh is out? And then also when Walsh is in, what's your role for, for Doherty into this team? Love to get your thoughts. Well, I don't know if you heard me before, but Walsh isn't in my midfield actually because Walsh is doing that beautiful role where he's like, look at me. Is Walsh playing forward this game? No, basically not. Um, so, you know what? I'm not going to actually give my answer yet because it's going to give a spoiler for the okay. rest. So Fair enough. Well, there you go. go. He's, he's not answering my questions yet again. You, you heard it here first. This is what I, I don't want to ruin getting... the grand reveal. <laughs> My grand sub, because oh, there you go. That's there, there's my oh my my oh, my sub is going to be coming in to replace Walsh. Ooh. How's that? For oh you? oh oh well, that is that's got the temperature in this room rising. I'm keen to hear that. Uh, I guess yeah. I'll give my answer because Lockie's not giving me a lot here. Go for uh, it. My, I think my replacement straight away is to focus on another position. Really. If a sandbox is straight out, whether that is bringing in, if Cotra was fit, he probably would have been my player, that half forward kind of guy. But it's probably at this at the moment, like maybe a guy like an Ed Kerno that can play that mm-hmm. defensive half forward role, cover the ground, play wing if you need him, play midfield, and kind of do a bit of everything. I want versatility for my replacement of Walsh. If we yep. saw last year, you've got enough midfielders that can play that with the rotations of Fisher in there. And then, yeah, I think Doc does rotate in whether uh, Walsh is, is injured or not. I think his percentage goes down when Walsh is in that team. But what Doc can do at times, yeah. those last few games, his ability to move that ball forward, get the chains rolling when you needed a clearance and you just needed the territory. I'm hoping like yeah. those wet games that we struggle to deal with the conditions, when, the, when it starts to get wet, when you, the rain starts pouring down, it's, hey, Doc, come in, get that ball forward for us. It's a great lever to pull at certain stages. So, yeah, Doc's in there for, at times regardless. And, yeah, it's a versatility yeah. player like an Ed Kerno, I think, that comes into that midfield. Apart from that, uh, who else do you want floating through that midfield? I named a guy like a Zach Fisher. Huh. Is there anyone else in that team... Guys, and I, and you don't have to give away anything. You can just name players, whether this is best 22 or not. But if they were selected in this team, I'll give you that caveat. If this player was selecting the team, you'd like them to have some midfield minutes around stoppages, center bounces, that kind of thing. It's an interesting question um, because 
it raises the question. I feel like there's there's some teams at the moment, or people are talking about teams going towards the like midfield by committee, like more different yeah. guys running through the midfield. Whereas when I look at our names and I look at those guys, and it's like Hewitt, Cripps, Kennedy, and Chera, like them as mm. like the key four plus Doc as five for round one. It's like it feels right to me to just kind of roll with them. Mm. I don't know how I, like like Fisher's an obvious one. Yeah, who, I don't know what what the results are like when he's in there. Mm. I need some data. Because I feel like I always see when I see him going in there, I'm like, oh, here we go, and then we get a clearance on us. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> is he actually good in there or not? Maybe that's a question mm. for Pommy and his stats. Um, so I'm interested to hear your answer because at the moment I'm kind of like, well, you know, if mm. Hewitt and Kennedy aren't in there, then that means they're on the bench or they're playing somewhere else, which yeah, I'd rather than be in their best spot. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's definitely – I'm looking at those outside kind of players. Fisher, I really do like in there. I mean, Martin got floated a few times, but for whatever reason, they don't really uh, like him. And I think with his calf and injuries, I'm like, stay away, stay in that forward line and kick some goals. Probably the only yeah. other two that I'd probably float is – and it's hard to talk about hypotheticals with this guy. Injured again, but like a David Cunningham is like the, the yeah. perfect player for – that pinch hit, play that high half forward role and be like uh, with Cunningham, you don't know what he could have done and what he can potentially no. do. There's a there's a chance that he becomes a midfielder. Like we have zero idea oh. what it could happen to him, whether he's just a half forward, whether he grows into that, whether he just never plays again. Like there's so many different avenues that this guy's career could go down, but if he was fit, if he was ready to go, he'd be that high half forward. Give, give him a couple of center bounces. And unfortunately, maybe that spot, and I don't know if we'll see it this year, but maybe going forward, it sounds like, you know, a Motlop may get a couple of those. Just you need a spark sure. in there, throw him around it and see what happens, bring something a little bit different. Because I think one thing we still probably miss in that midfield, and and maybe the wingers fix this, but it was just having pace and that ability yeah. to expand from the contest. We did really well with those forward handballs early in the season. That seemed to dry mm. up and we lost probably that best clearance kind of work from us at stages. So I think there's pace that we lack and, and maybe a Fisher is that guy. But yeah, I just wonder who those players that can rotate through because last year it seemed like we kept just going the same guys. But you look at other teams and they're sprinkling yeah. this guy for a few and, and a few others. So I, I just wonder who the people in this team are that we can just, if we need to change anything, if something's not working, we can just, hey, go in for one and see what happens. That, that's kind of mm. something that excites me going into this year. Yeah, I like the Motlop shout in that in that kind of conversation. Mm. The Cunningham thing is just way, like, yeah. if I'm if I'm not going to be, if I'm if getting Holland in my best 22 is hypothetical, then, oh, my God. Would you go, would you go over or under six games from... Cunningham this season if I'm putting money on it I'm going the unders um just off history I'm hoping over but I don't know like who knows how long he's out Mm. for they haven't really put much of a timeline Mm. on him and you don't know if he's best 22 what he comes back like I don't know like he's probably unders for me is that what he is for you 
Yeah, I, I I hate to be pessimistic on yeah. it, but I mean, yeah, even like that's why I'm saying it's so hypothetical. Like, even if he is, mm. if he was fully fit, I don't know where I have him on on this depth chart. Yeah, it, it it's kind of like a bit of the Marchbank debate. You're like, I don't know what this guy exactly can do. At least we saw Marchbank last season, so you have something. Exactly. But Cunners, it's like, when was the last time this dude played? What about what is he still? No idea. Um. Another another realm, another position. This is, I think, this is going to be the spiciest section of mm, this best twenty-two debate, which we may. I mean, normally we're the same person, so I'm hoping there's a bit more disagreement in this. Let's go Absolutely. to the rucks. It's the biggest talking point of Carlton at the moment. Who is playing ruck? How many rucks do we have? How is it all playing out? Lockie is Hudson O'Keefe we'll... and Murkov your two starting <laughs> ruckmen. Who have you got for me? I think we'll disagree on this one. I think we will. Two Ruckman, give me Pitt starting, and give me TDK on my interchange. There we go. Yes, definitely definitely disagreement. TDK has not made my team. He's going to make a million dollars next year. Have fun. Um, (laughs) Make it eight. Make it eight over eight seasons. Uh, No, unfortunately, he's another snub for me. Deconing hasn't made it. You evil. (laughs) I'm happy to have this discussion. It's the best time to have it. It's something I've wanted to really dive into in this off season. Look, I think yep. who okay, who is so Pitonet is your number one at the moment. Mm-hmm. Is, is that what you're going with? Those? No doubt, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We love Brad. So for me, he's the number one as well, just because I think he's a better ruckman in general, like just tap work. And it sounded like in the summer sessions podcast. I don't know if there's much to read into this, but. He mentioned that when he got back into training and things, the midfielders were like, oh, I miss having you here just because of all the, the blocks and the competitiveness <laughs> around helping the midfield. Yeah. That wasn't a little bit of an alarm bell for me, just thinking like, oh, is it that much of a difference? And maybe I'm mm-hmm. reading into it too much, but is it that much of a difference when Pitt's in there compared to a DeConing or others just because of the physicality around there that helps our clearance work, being able to put those blocks on get someone else out of position to let the midfield win the ball. I think Pitonet does that really well, but he's not perfect. Like in, in, by no means am I saying no. that Pitonet is going to be the number one Ruckman all season. I'm still not convinced on him completely because he doesn't offer enough around the ground. Like he's not that Max Gorn that floats in the back line and, and takes those marks to move you forward. You can't play him in the forward line. He's very much just like Ruck. That's it. Yep. So for me, that's the interesting part around deconing, which I'd almost, I'll, I'll throw to you. I'd love to know Let what your sort of basis it. is on these two. Let me know where they're playing. How are you going to play with the two rucks? Give me, give me a the explanation. I think for me, I haven't worked on this pitch, so this could be rusty. So be kind to me, people, because I know people no. will be passionate about this topic. But I think it's less about who TDK is as a player and more for what, this structure is for our team and what it means for everybody else. Mm. So firstly, let's forget about the practice games. Yeah. Nobody judge who TDK is on those two games because that's not what we do for practice games. Let's, let's remember what he delivered last year at where we were pretty high on him. We weren't million dollars a year high on him, but we were pretty high on him. How many games did Pitt and TDK play together in 2022, Ian? We no idea, mate. Bus for a second. I, I'd they say played. like five. Correct. Maybe? Five is King. correct. King. 
One of those games was when Pitt got injured. Yeah. Let's forget about that. Four games. Three of them were the first three games of the season. World Premiers. Well, the third, the fourth one was the Adelaide game, which is the game that no one will ever speak about, and everything went wrong that day. So, in those first three games, it was obviously Pitt, TDK, and Sauce. We were, we were mm. liking what we were seeing then. So, I think the sample size is firstly too small for us to write yeah. off that combination because all year we were like, oh, can they work together? It was like, well, we just haven't really got a chance to see them yet. Mm. And then I think for me, Sauce is a guy that people are like, starting to get a little bit like, oh, I don't know actually what Sosa's role is going to be. But I think in this structure, he can play that getting up the ground, connecting forward that yep. we love to see, which means that we're not going to, we're going to have less of these situations where we look forward and we go, fuck, there is nobody to kick it to. Because if Sauce is that connector, then that means Harry and Charlie are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Didn't really yeah. say anything about TDK as a player. And honestly, right now, for me, it, it isn't really about him as a player yet. Mm. That's my pitch. Yeah. Look, Any feedback? Oh, wow. Well, like, i got to say, bringing the evidence know. of every time they've played together bar one that we discount and they all win is, is, great, is great evidence to bring to the table. I, I think my worries are just around... Fitting them in with the tall forward and and trying to be like, well, what what are we doing with both of them? And I'm trying to do this yeah. as like a best 22 because so many players are missing out if everyone's fit, trying to fit them all in. Yeah. So what are we doing with the two Ruckmen? And is it worthwhile to have two people doing the job or one person doing the job? That's kind of where I'm seeing yeah. it. And it's like, okay, you got Pitt in there. He's rucking. Can't float in defense, be that wall down there. He's not resting down forward. So he's definitely, Agreed. if he's in the team, he's your Ruckman. DeConing, what's going on with him? Okay, if he if Pitt's not playing, he's just Rucking. We've both said that Pitt's over him. We've both Agreed. come up with that conclusion right now. Okay, so you've got to play both of them together if fit. What are you doing mm-hmm. with DeConing? Is he playing that kind of defensive wall at times? I don't mind that. I think that's one of his strengths. We've seen his... his Flying for marks down back. I do enjoy that. But then at times when Pitonet's there, he's going to have to be resting forward. Can he, do, do you really realistically see a world where it's DeConing <laughs> and Harry down in that forward line? Do you think that that works with the, the three headed monster again? I like the little smile you gave on that one. I mean, the, you're saying this as if we don't have an interchange. And I, I'm not also suggesting that we're only ever going to have one of them yeah. on the field. But I think it might also be good player management for these two guys that love getting injured to say, hey, let, let, we're going to focus on you guys not having ridiculous mm. game time. Yeah. Um, but it, that, that's a bit of a cop-out thing to say because obviously they're going to have to be on the ground sometimes. I like mm. your comments on TDK there. Can Pitt go forward? Look, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's not perfect. But also, I don't think either of these things are perfect. Playing with just one of them and having Sauce go in the ruck, and then that is not perfect. And I don't Mm. think my my suggestion is either. Yeah. I think my sort of argument on it is I don't think DeConing is a good forward. I've seen no evidence currently that what he, his work in that forward 50 
is AFL standard. And that's probably really brutal to say, yeah. but it's like, and I feel like it's I'm like occasional like, mark. Kicks I feel like I'm becoming mark. such a TDK, TDK hater, but it's like, he's not a great Ruckman so far. He doesn't offer a lot of physicality around the ground. He doesn't offer anything up forward. He can't kick set shot goals. All he does so far is a highlight reel screamer every now and then. Like, I'm not seeing enough in him currently. Not to say that he can't do it. And we've obviously seen glimpses of him being a really good player. It's why we're still mm-hmm. high on him. It's why you probably want to play the two Ruckman because you're like, well, you've got to get games into him. That's a way he's going to improve and maybe he can take over that number yep. one role because stealing over Peternet, it's higher. And you go that go with that like I have with a Hollands. My issue yep. around playing both of them at the moment is what are they? What is one of them doing when the other one's in the ruck? And like you sort of alluded to, you can't just have them one on the bench the whole time. And I no. don't think the three talls work amazingly, even if one's off. Like I don't want either of them really down in the forward line. Mm. And it goes back to it's like opportunity cost. What are you what are you losing by playing two guys to do the one role? Because when you've got yes. Sauce there, I agree. I prefer Sauce being that high half forward connector. But at least when he's not in the ruck, he's a forward and we like what he does. Mm. I just feel like we're losing a position because neither of these two ruckmen, we love them just being the solo ruck. It's like two people yep. playing one position and we're just missing out somewhere else where, you know, I guess kind of what I'm talking about with my structure is, well, I've gone the taller march bank down there so I can have another runner elsewhere. Or you go bring yep. in someone else somewhere else. And yeah, I, I just worry that because neither Ruckman we love playing two for the sake of it isn't the greatest thing for us to do. And if TDK yep. is not out of contract, we're probably not having this discussion as much. Because we're now kind of worried, like, well, we've got to play this guy, otherwise he's going to walk and, and what? It's underlying, but, yeah. I don't know. Right now, I just see it as a kind of... And, and maybe I will get proven wrong and the system will work amazingly with the two Ruckmen and it'll be beautiful because of your sample size. And I, I'm more than happy to be mm. wrong here because it means we're winning games and all the players that we like are playing good footy. But yeah, I think my main point, so I can shut up and keep stop repeating it, is just... No. It feels weird to play two guys to play one position when they're neither are offering anything else elsewhere and you're not it's the yeah, it's the opportunity cost really is what I'm saying. Okay. So so if I can so would you say that this is true then? Let's say that Pitt continues on his trajectory being like just an excellent tap ruckman guy. Yeah. And TDK also takes a leap in the tap ruck department. Mm. Suddenly, we've got two of the best tap ruckmen in the league, but TDK yep. is still not able to kick goals. You'd still say no TDK in that route. You're probably saying like whichever one's better plays the ruck. Because I, yeah, I think for me, if they're both amazing ruckmen, then you play the better ruckman. If neither can offer anything else elsewhere, then yeah, why, why? Like it's it's this gone Grundy conundrum that the <laughs> AFL world doesn't know if it works, and maybe. Maybe Basically. we're all idiots and then that works. And so therefore you're a genius and we play the two Ruckman. I just currently don't mm. see it unless another role that these guys can do takes yeah. a step that I haven't seen. Or there's a really smart structural component to this that we just haven't seen yet. I, sure. I think he's kind of where I'm seeing it. One curveball I'll throw onto this. 
because I know uh, big Mark Lydiard himself asked this question on Twitter, and I know a few others have been chatting about it. Oh, did he? We speak about defenders. We speak about what can other players do. Obviously, big Tom's brother plays that (laughs) key defender, intercept defender. If there's some injuries and we need someone to go down there, do you see that being an opportunity for him to play like just defender forward and ruck at times to add versatility, or do you just not see him as being a guy that can play that position? Well, firstly, didn't know we were doing listener Q and a didn't realize Marcos had got that in there. Cause he mentioned it to me a week or so ago and I was going to bring it up. Actually. I didn't want to throw mm. him under the bus in case he didn't want that hot take out there, but I'm glad that he did. I mean, uh, what that, if we went through this season hardly playing TDK and not trying anything like that, and then he walked, I'd be pissed. Yeah. So there's no point, there's no harm in giving that a crack, I would say. Mm. And, and he's got the attributes to be able to pull off something like that. Mm. But I wouldn't bank, I wouldn't bank yes. on him being able to deliver. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that if you're chucking that scenario out, it's like, well, if they're not even trialing it in VFL, what are we doing here? This is ridiculous. If the guy can't get into the team, figure it out for him. Obviously we've touched on that marking capability and things he's done deep in defense at times to just be like, holy shit, we need a mark. We need something. He's he's bobbed up for us us and and done the job. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he has the other attributes. Like how good is his reading of the play? Does he have the defensive side? Is his disposal great? But, I mean, we've, we've spoken about it. We can't trust Marchbank. We can't trust McGovern. We want that third interceptor. Yeah. That makes me a bit more, I guess, okay with having the two Ruckman if there's another position that he can nail down at times that helps the structure of this team. So maybe that, maybe that's the solution seeing that if he can bob up and, and be a target down forward, he can float down back if we need him. Who knows? I mean, I'd love to get mm. everyone's thoughts on that. Cause I don't really have a true answer it's a good topic. to whether Deconing can play defense and whether that's something you want to see. So let us know in the comments on YouTube, tweet at us. If you're, if you're listening on podcast form at the moment, at Navy Blue Corner, of course, because I want to know. I don't know what to do yeah. with TDK. I don't know what to do with these two rucks. Do, do people have deconing over him? Give me all of your thoughts on this. I'm not necessarily nailed down, even though it feels like I'm. Ve- I very much am. I think that's just where I sit currently, and I guess we'll see how this season plays out. Probably the only other thing, and I've spoken yeah. about rucks for ages. We've talked about his contract deconing. Did you read much into? I guess the signing of a Hudson O'Keefe. Are you, does that, do you feel like there's anything around deconing or does this spell something else for the development of Murkov? Did you have any Ugh. tinfoil hat readings into this at all? Oh, I really don't. It's so, I try so hard not to buy into any of these sources that go into these kind of Sydney's, we're going to throw this amount of money. Da, 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 da. Even though I believe that a team would take a chance on him, even if he doesn't yeah. show a lot this year. Um, no, I don't have any tinfoil. I don't even feel that passionately about it because like I said, I'm, mm. I, I prefer the kind of structural way that we're lining up like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if he's not gonna, if he doesn't take that step this year, then it's just going to be like another stalker where it's like, mm. we kind of loved him all the way, 
And then we get to the end and we look back and we go, what was his best game? Yeah. That, that's unfortunately, like, I don't want to keep shitting on DeConing, but that's probably like it at the moment where it's, it's been He's flashes. Be all Australian now. Oh, yeah. And I hope he does. Like, but like that Freo game was probably the one last year at Marvel where mm. he showed so much throughout a whole game. And I get it. He's young. He's a ruckman. They take time to develop. Yes. That might yes, just yes, be yes. it at the moment. And this year he takes a step forward. It's next year. Who knows? But yeah, I don't know. The, the signing of Hudson O'Keefe was an interesting one because I think both of us, we, we did so much list analysis and trade and mm-hmm. draft preview. And we went, we don't need another developing ruckman. I'm not too nervous about the deconing situation in bringing him in. Weirdly, if I'm tinfoiling hat on anything, it's Murkov maybe in trouble. I, I, I probably should have researched. I don't know if he's out of contract this year or next. Mm. But judging that we've had this developing guy for a few years, really at the moment, is he any closer to being an AFL footballer than he was when mm-hmm. we got him? By inches by centimeters maybe i don't know he's a big boy doesn't do a lot for me it's it's spelling more disaster for him that we're going we're not getting enough out of this developing ruckman let's bring in another and i get it's a free hit it doesn't matter too much but yeah Yeah. i I don't see murkov being close to getting an afl call up this year unless the worst thing happens and there's literally no one else left over five foot ten really and that's probably why yeah. they brought in a, another Ruckman there. But, I mean, yeah, this, this whole Ruck narrative is probably going to be like the, the the big talking point throughout this whole season this year. And I hope it is, regardless of what the answer is, that it's a positive one for us. Bloody oath, mate. Well summarised. Well, there you go. That's good what I'm little, here for. Ho- good little segment. <laughs> good to see uh, a bit of positivity. Let's go to the forwards now. The, the last line that we have here, Lockie, what do you got? Who's made the team? Who hasn't made the cut? Because there's still some there's some spots available. There are. And we'll see who I've managed to forget off my list here. We've got Harry. We've got Charlie. Can't go past Jesse. Nor Dirds. Sauce is in there, of course. And then the man that wraps up this sexy six is, of course, Sam Walsh. But on there the bench, goes. Zach Fisher makes up the seventh. Beautiful. So I know there's one snub already, which is someone is I that? have in my team. So we'll bring them out. Obviously got the big boys in Mackay and Charlie Kerno. Fish is there. Durden's there. Motlop's there. Silvani's on my bench as my ruck relief forward. <laughs> Mr. Do whatever you need us to do. But then I do have on my starting field someone that you have snubbed, and that is Mr. I have no calves. Jackie Martin is out there. Yeah. Into that team. So take me through your snub, I suppose, and then maybe I'll try and defend my man. You say he's a snub. I say he's the sub. There you go. Oh, there, mate. There's a bit of bit of like stuff for you. Take over. I mean, <laughs> go off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't it? Doesn't Jack Martin just have like the best mm. like tactical sub ever written all over him? Like, you just imagine him coming in the fourth quarter. Everybody's tired. All right. Go kick three goals. Tackle everybody. Maybe get injured with a few minutes left. Like That's my worry. That's why I'm not sure it's the best sub. Because it's like, okay, we've got an injury. Whether you use it tactically or you use it for an injured player, 
you can't guarantee that he doesn't also pop a calf 10 minutes into his what running up impact out of onto the gates. field and you're like oh there goes another one so i'm not sure he is the best yeah. sub for that for re- reliability but as far as a guy that you can swing on to say mate impact the game and kick three goals you know he can do mm. it so i don't mind him being your sub but no he's in for me and i, I think we've yeah. spoken heavily heavily about the need for someone else to kick goals in this team that is not named charlie or named harry and mm-hmm. yeah i don't know who that is like we need a Durden or motlop to step up we need Fisher to take another step in development, whether that's he becomes that goal kicker, whether he becomes a bit more of that midfield option. Needs to do that. Martin at the moment, and I've spoken about my frustrations with this guy. I keep writing him off, and then he comes back and kicks three goals in a game, and then he gets injured, and it's just the roller coaster. That is Jack yeah. Martin. But as far as someone currently that we know can kick goals in this team, that can mark the ball, be that third call option in a way, that maybe isn't a Silvani. I think it's him. His best is best 22. And I think that's why I've got him there because I need someone that can mm. kick goals in this forward line. And it, it's it's so annoying because if you are a small forward in the AFL, it's almost the best team to walk into because you've got two amazing tall forwards that can bring the ball down for you. You don't have mm-hmm. to be a ridiculously good goal kicker because the pressure's not on you to do it. And, and yeah, so I think I've got Martin on there because I need someone to kick goals. That is really what I've done. And with TDK yeah. not in the team, I've gone for an extra small, really, is, is kind of the way I've looked at it. I think that is fair enough. And I hear your arguments. If, I, if I'm if i thinking about who have just not got in this team altogether and I think about Newman and Martin... Personally, I would have Newman ahead of him just as a general player. Yeah. Um, I just, oh, it's so hard for me to, it's so hard for me to get around Martin's best because mm-hmm. it's just how many times have we seen that best in, has it been three seasons now? It's yeah. Like, God, you count then it on you- one hand. I know, and, and the annoying thing is, and you, you bring up like one game, like you'll be like, oh, the Melbourne game last year, they almost won it for us out of nothing. And that and that's it. I don't I, Whether he's fit or not, Cunning's he has ha- that match-winning ability, but at least he's done it recently, I think, for me. I need goal kickers in my forward line, mm. and currently Durden isn't there, Motlop isn't there. He's probably closer, but then like Silvani gets his chances, doesn't take him. Fisher kicks some important goals, but he's not prolific. He's the most prolific small forward that we have that can do something. And I'm, Hey, I don't love it. I'm not convinced that he is that guy. And that probably, that probably is it. And I'll I'll throw this one over to you. Like who is that third Mm. leading goal kicker behind Mackay and Kerno? Cause it's the big talking point. We need someone to take that step. Who is it for you in your team? I mean, I don't have faith that this is going to happen, but I think it has to be sauce. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you can be kicking less than a goal a game in the role mm. that he's playing. Uh, simple as that. Like, and, and that's one of the big things that makes me question what his role could be at the end of this season. Because yeah. if if we do another season like the last few, where like you say, it's just Harry and Charlie relying on them, mm. it's like. Yeah. What are we doing? Something's going to change. And I don't think that the Martin is the future of that. So mm. 
if it's neither of them, then yeah. I mean, I, and I hope it can be Motlop. I mean, we made these in our mm. hot take predictions, but like for me, he can bring more to the table than this is what we talked about all last year. They bring yeah, more yeah. to the table than just the goals. But it's like sometimes if Sauce isn't doing those other things, that's like what? What are we doing? Why? Are you, why? Why are you in here? No, and and it is the fun part of this because if I was to bring in De Koning and play that second ruck, Martin would be the probably the first one out of that, and I would probably play Silvani. Yeah, which is weird because I've got him on my starting field over Sauce, but yeah, that's probably the the change yeah. I would make. Apart from this. Let's go even smaller. I'll throw a couple of other random questions at you while we're talking about the smalls. Yep. Do you reckon we can play in the same forward line, the combination of an always with dirt and a motlop at any stage? Or <laughs> are you not super, super hot on the, like the real three smalls that we saw a little bit last year? I'm going to hot take and say that we don't see that combination this season. Mm. Yeah. I... I... I think they'll unless it's dire straits injury wise. Yeah. I think I think I think we're more likely to see Honey in the team mm. than always. Um, you know, if it's Dirge yes, and Mop, yes, Mop, yes. plus one. Yeah. What about you? I agree. I think you if you're looking at that kind of makeup, you're wanting you need one of those three to play higher up the ground and be that connector, which is probably either Durden or Motlop. I don't see always as that kind of guy. But then you're losing the strength that that person has over an always. So I, I yeah. agree. I don't love the combination. I would much rather someone that can do something else. So yeah, I guess is, is that next person honey for you? Like if you're taking, yeah. and I'll, I'll ask this from my perspective, because it was obviously a question came up with my team thinking. If you're looking at the forward line with a Martin in it and you're taking his high half forward role out, who comes next in for you to play that, Mid forward, kind of role. Yeah, I mean, I know that's why With Cunningham say all fit. <sighs> oh, it's so, I, who is it? I I, I don't want to like. Oh, it feels bad to say. I don't want to overrate what Cunningham is going to be able to be. Yeah, I'm almost. It's been so long that I'm not. I can't even say that. Like who he is as a player, so I can't say him. Um. Yeah, fuck. That's it's such a hard question because the, 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 it's another area that worries me, I guess. And it's like, where is that development going to be? If, like mm. I've said, let's say, let's say Sauce falls off the face of the earth this season yeah. for whatever reason, and we're not going to be best twenty-two next year, then that's a big hole for me because mm. I don't think it's yeah. Martin long term. I'm not convinced on him, and I'm not convinced on anyone else that's not in the team. So maybe that's a, a gap we need to fill. And I think it's a, it's a gap that you and I have spoken about the last few yeah. pre-seasons where it's like, where's that like more mature aged goal kicker? Mm. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with you. And was, like I've wrote a few notes down here in case we got to these conversations and it was, yeah. well, one, we need the mid to small goal kicker. And maybe that's Motlop. Maybe he goes through it and kicks enough this season or they all just contribute enough kicking a few goals a game that it's fine. I yep. think we need Silvani to become like Bailey Fritch light in a, in a way. Like does need to hit those heights, but and maybe that's Martin. We need one of these guys to be that third marking presenting option that is able to hit the scoreboard consistently. That is a gap mm. in this squad because we, as much as like Mackay and Kerno are going to kick all the goals, you need someone else to help be another option if they start doing it and taking another defender away, being that other option, 
means someone else is going to continue kicking goals around that. And being someone that can pinch hit higher, like I, I know this is such a stupid thing to say, but we miss currently in this squad that I think a lot of the best teams in the AFL have at the moment is that high half forward goal kicker, rest forward, kicks goals, match winning, kicks goals, but can also go in the midfield and win you the game. You know, your Jordan to go is your Dustin Martin, those kind of players. Obviously they don't go on trees. Obviously not every single team in the AFL has them, but I think the best Mm. have that match winner player. It's what we hoped Martin could be. Don't think he's going to be that. Can Fisher step up a little bit? I don't know. I want someone to play a lesser role of those players that I kind of mentioned that are the peak of the AFL. And I do think that that is something we still kind of miss in that fall. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if there's potential in that in our, in the Mm. guys that aren't aren't in the team right now. Yeah. Either really. I think Cunningham was like the, the ideal, if you're looking at prototype just on paper, what that is, it's Cunningham plays a game. He gets 25 possessions in dominates the midfield has kicked goals in the past, but what can we get? And not having him fit, not having Martin fit, Sauce not being able to hit the scoreboard. Yeah, it, th- it throws another list hole in it. It's probably why. And I've been thinking about this a little bit. And I don't want to be this. I feel like this episode's so negative from coming from me. I, coming the I'm getting there corner. now. I'm like, ugh. But I don't know. I was trying to think about it. And I think the Sydney game hasn't helped my thinking. But when you mentioned like your prediction kind of thing was like, yeah, we're winning the flag, that kind of thing. These little mm. holes that I'm looking at my best 22s, trying to compare us to other teams, it has me thinking that like this is why we're just not there. It's why I think we're a finals team because there's enough around it. But I need yep. these other players to show me something and step up, take that step this year, and then I'll be convinced that this group can actually win the flag because I think there's still too many question marks around players at the moment. Sorry to make that so depressing. That was not fun. No. I didn't enjoy that. No, I was, as we were going through that, I was like going sliding down as well. So bring us up. What have you got? What's next? And I'm going to open well, it. Yeah, it's, it's getting dark in here, isn't it? You keep talking while I vanish. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, speaking of positivity, I'll brighten the, uh, the room up firstly. I think the darkness has not helped my mood. And the only last question I have on our forward line is an interesting player that I touched on a little bit. I'll throw Ed Kerno's name out there. We haven't seen him play yes. really at all last year. We've sort of moved past him in that midfield. A little bit has been seen of him in this high half forward kind of role. I mentioned it as a versatility option. Do you see him as being someone that could play that defensive half forward role for us? I think we've struggled defensive, you know, with, with teams' defensive transition out of our forward line and being able to lock down and quell the impact of an opposition's halfback. It seems like they always torture us up. Is that something you want to see? I think at all. And is that something you could see Ed Kerno playing as? Yep. He is my round one sub choice. Yeah. For me. I like that. I think, yeah, everything you said just then I agree with. I'm I'm not sold that of what we're going to get from him for the full season, but gee, it was nice seeing him in the practice mm. game. And um, it's like, oh yeah, we, maybe we did write him off a bit too soon. So yeah. Yeah, why not? Mm. I, I mean, I, I, I yeah. can't. Well, I guess maybe the question back to you, which is what comes to mind. Like, yeah, there's the half forward thing, but would you expect him to go to the middle? That's a weird thing. And it's 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 a position that, or, or probably a role 
instead makes more sense that I am fine with him playing that, but it probably goes down to that opportunity cost that is my buzzword for this episode, (laughs) which is, well, he's not, he's not offering enough in the goal sense that a Jack Martin, that a Silvani, that everyone else you could name, even a honey could offer. So it's like, well, you're playing him as a defensive role, which is kind of saying that you're conceding that you're going to lose a matchup. Yeah, I, I, I've, I think it's a it's a lever to pull at times if you need it to happen, but I don't yep. like that being our, this is our number one option to use to win everyone fit. And that's why he's, he's not in my best 22 Great. and he's sort of a few rungs down for me, but it, it's, it's something I wanted to discuss. Last thing I'll discuss yep. on my team as a whole before we start talking about the depth, because I wanted to leave this to the end, because if you're still listening, you're rusted on and you want to hear us talk about some of the guys that won't probably make our best 22, but I wanted to mention my sub because you got yours in there. I want to mention mine, my best 22 sub. I'm I've done that thing again. You're not going to lie. You're not going to lie. I've done that. I've made a couple of fences. I'm making I'm making a few props. Are you serious? Right. Settle, settle in, mate. Buckle up. If, we knew what Cunningham would be. He's my perfect sub. He is the quintessential sub. Can play him half forward, can play him in the midfield. He can move around and do everything. He's perfect for the role. But no, I, I but, have to cut you off. No, 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 no. You no, said, let me finish. Let me finish. Jack Martin is too injury prone as the sub. I don't think Cunningham gets injured in game apart from that ACL. It's everything else. He just never is out there. But he rarely gets injured in the game with a with a bad one. But what I'm saying is, he's the if you know he's going to be perfect, he's the perfect sub. But he's not because he's he's injured all the time. We don't know what we can expect. So it is Matty Cottrell for back. me, being the versatility option on the wing. He can move someone else elsewhere, play half forward, add some run. You you need it to be a running player that just almost adds chaos into the game. And when I'm thinking there's 10 minutes left to go, you need someone to win you a game. For whatever reason, I feel as if if you throw Cottrell in, you're winning that game of football because he's just going to do something nuts. He's going to be involved. And flashbacks to that Sydney game in lockdown where he flies above it, kicks the match-winning goal, does the Yana celebration. I feel like he's a good sub. Bit of versatility for you. But yeah, that's you can have a go at me, yell at me all you want for the throwing the Cunningham on my second fence, on my, you know, development rental property, I suppose. Uh, my, my biggest takeaway from this is I think maybe he's going to have to be your man this year and I'm going to have to be laid okay. into you because I think you need to put some respect on Nick Newman. The fact that you've got Cottrell ahead of Newman in this team. I understand the versatility factor. I understand the versatility yeah. factor. I'm just saying. I hope Nick Newman's going to have a big year, and I'm ready for it. I don't mind Nick Newman, and I, I think hope he's listening. He, well, he is. He, well, it must be know a listening. listener. If you, I think, I feel like I'm stuttering too much here, but Nick Newman as a sub, I look at that on paper. A a back pocket doesn't sound exciting as a sub. No, that doesn't anymore. excite me either. No, but I don't mind your thinking where. If you were to, with this best 22, bring in a Nick Newman, that means Doherty's going in full-time mid. Sure. Williams or Saad becomes that midfielder. 
that's not a bad thing to do if you were looking to change something up to try and use this tactically, which I don't, mm. I don't mind as, as an option. But yeah, I think when I think of sub in my head, it's like forward half or midfielder coming into this. Defender just doesn't, doesn't make me feel happy. But I think, yeah, Nick about, Newman is definitely my next in defender if there's any issues. What about this hypothetical? Hollands, Hollands and Doherty or Doherty and Newman? So Doherty wing... Newman back. You you would have Holland on the wing. Doherty I think I would. Over. I think I would, just because I think the role we've seen Doherty on the wing and he gets he gets drawn to the contest too much because that's his bread and butter. The way mm. we want to play in spread, even though personnel wise you'd take Newman and Doherty over that like personnel wise, but structurally I think that Holland's works better on the wing. But nice hypothetical. Uh, oh, let's, wow. let's let's wrap this one up by going into these depth players, the fringe players, because oh baby, we will reflect on this at the end of the year. Talk about our best twenty-two going into the list analysis and where this list does sit. So we've got to talk about these guys, and I want to know if you think they're going to take that step up or, or where you see them in your hierarchy. Let's start with the defenders, a guy we haven't spoken about. Where is Lockie Plowman for you in the depth chart, and where is he? Yeah. Well, when I was doing, when I was thinking about my who would come in for the injured guys, so like let's take Williams yeah. out of the backman thing. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of around the conversation for mm. me. He's around it. We're going to see yeah. Lockie Plowman play this year. I, I, I don't even think there's much to say on him because it's like we know, we know he's never going to be in a superstar, but we know that he'll do a job mm. and he'll do one or two things that everyone will laugh at. Yeah. And that's what we get. No, uh, this is where we're back on the agreement train to finish this episode. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, if he plays, it's fine. You don't want him to because you have others above him. But as a depth option, if there's injuries, he's fine. Uh, yep. Boyd, we've said Ugh. where he is in our depth chart. He's kind of that next man in for the running half backs. Where is Agreed. he when he comes back from his injury? Would he be someone over, say... And I'm, I'm talking so hypothetical because I don't know what your round one team looks like. But if you've yep. got like a Chincotta, a Cowan, mm. Plowman, those kind of guys, March Bank all around your Ooh. 22, does Boyd jump a few of those if he comes back? I think he probably, in this kind of structure, for me, he probably jumps all of them. Yep. March Bank was the one when you threw in that I'm like, ooh, it would be between those two, but I would yeah. definitely have him above Cowan at this stage. Uh, mm. the, the the sky's the limit for Cowan in the future, but right now with mm. what we saw from Boyd last year, those last couple of games, it's like, yeah. ooh, okay, there's something here. Mm. I, I agree. I think unless Cowan takes that massive step and plays at the standard we saw of Boyd, Boyd's straight back in as, as soon as yeah. we see it. Uh, Ching Cotter, do you see right. him being... What, like, oh. I just want to talk, I want to talk about all of these guys, even if it's for 30 seconds. Yeah. In Cotter, where is he at the moment for you? Is he below it's hard, it's hard for me to get a read because, I don't know, if there's something about him, it's hard for me to get a read on him. I, I like the fact that he's a more mature body, but I would yes. still have to put him below Cowan for me. Yeah. But I could I understand the argument for people that go, you know what, he's a more mature guy. If we have to throw someone in there, put him in over Cowan early. Mm, I agree. And I don't think I need to say anything else on that because that is my oh, complete so opinion. Sam Durden. I mean, 
Sam Durden. He's a he's a player on the list. That is one hundred percent true. <laughs> he if, plays if, for if, if Weeders and Young don't miss a game, then we won't see Sam Durden. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he's real. All... I don't think he's really tussling. Yeah. He's a depth play. Do you see any scope for him to take over Lewis Young's role or no? No. I'm going to say no, even though it's possible because mm. the sample size is still not huge on Young. It would have been one season, but yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see the ceiling either. I think he's a good experienced body to throw in if we have an injury. Next two are going to be interesting. We've said a bit about him, but Brody Kemp, I mean, go yeah. through where he's sitting for you and where you want him to be end of season as well. Get a bit of positivity in there. Yeah, okay. Where I want him to be end of season is I want them in the VFL to actually experiment and give him a decent run in different spots. Yeah. So that we so that we can have a little bit more of a definition about what we can expect from him. Because I it's similar to TDK. I would I would hate for us to lose him, say, at the end of the season mm. or something. And it's like, oh well, what about this big body mid? Or why couldn't we try him what yeah. whatever exposition? Yeah, that's as much optimism I can mm. give you. Yeah, I, I probably slightly disagree to that. I, I agree mm. in your principal point of I'd hate for him to get to the end of the season and we get rid of him because we didn't try him somewhere else. But mm-hmm. I probably where I differ is he's been thrown around so much. He was training as a back and then he was training as a forward and then he's a back. I, I feel like mm. because of his injuries, because he's been thrown around, he hasn't had that consistency to learn. I want him first at least half of this season, throw him in there as a defender, be that third tall intercept, potentially be a halfback because mm. he's had stints in the midfield in his underage, be that guy. And then if he's not breaking in, if that isn't working, I don't know. It's been said by multiple people throughout, mm. just what can he do in the midfield? I just want to see something like we didn't see with Stocker at VFL That's- level. Give him one game and be like, is he that player? Is he not? Cool, he's not. Throw it away. Like, we're not getting, we're not losing anything by in one game in the VFL against Buddy Port Melbourne saying, is this guy a midfielder or not at the level? If you don't think he's at training, just do it at VFL. What are we losing? He doesn't play next week or next year. I don't know. I want to, I want to trial him in that if the defensive, defensive role isn't working. It sounded like we disagreed there, but we didn't. We completely agreed because that's what I was alluding to. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on the defensive thing at all. Like, yeah. let's get him some run in the midfield, and then at least tick that off and say no, but not, but mm. not a one game sample size for me. Like, actually give him a proper go, and mm. and then we can go from there. But, okay, next that, man, big big Dom. Where is he for you? What do you want to see from him? He's obviously one that is a bit more of that development kind of guy. We're not expecting him to play any AFL games, but where do you want to see him at the end of this season? Do you want to see him pushing for selection? Like, I, I want to get your gauge for some of these mm. more developing players. Well, I guess I, I guess the the cop out answer to that is I want to see every player pushing for selection and everyone yeah. kind of around it. Like that that seems like a cop out thing to say, but yeah, mm. I mean Pom's Pom's man. Um it's a shame. I don't I haven't seen enough and don't know enough about him to know whether mm. he's kind of 
even has the scope yeah. to be pushing for a spot this year. Mm. Like seeing him at VFL, it's just such a different standard. You see Paddy Dow at VFL and you go, how is this guy not getting a game? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like do an over-under. Do you think we see him over-under two games this year? Well, I don't see him getting close you don't, you, to it. You don't think he'll debut no. this year? No. I'd, I'd hope not because it means everyone else is fit. But, I mean, development-wise for him, mm. it's probably like we've spoken a bit about Murkov. We've spoken a bit about Kemp where it's like, well, what are they? Where are they? And that's the question we're asking of Dom now. I want to get to this sure. time next season and we have a bit more idea of what he could become where we've seen enough at VFL where it's, okay, this guy can become this or he's yeah. not doing... I don't want to sit here this time next year and look at him again and go, where is he in his development? And maybe mm. maybe that's asking too much. Maybe he's just not there yet. But I want to know what kind of player he is and what his ceiling is. I'm just sick of us having a lot of these players in this depth chart where we start talking about the lower ends and we're still asking so many questions and there's no like positive. It's no, oh, well, man, him as an intercept mm. defender, him rolling off his unreal, just needs to tidy up these few things and he could be pushing. Like I just want, sure. this is what he is. I don't know. I, I, that's what I'm kind of wanting from a lot of these lower depth options. I want a clearer yeah. outlook, really. I love that. I think that's a really... Uh... Yeah, that's a that's an outcome that we hopefully will have. I'm with you. Yeah, um, I feel like we don't really need like Murkov. What do you need from yeah. him? Same thing. <laughs> I, I guess it's the same thing. Yeah. What kind yeah. of player is Murkov? Is he a small forward? Is he a halfback? I just, I'm just not sure yet. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, I don't know. For me, this is harsh. I'm going to go big on Murkov. I need wow. him by the end of this season to be showing me that, like, he's pushing for selection okay if he's if he's at the same spot next year what's the point like okay what are we just developing him another year and hoping that he's going to improve like i need to see a lot of improvement from him because hudson o'keefe is that other one that he gets a free hit this year but then what are we going to have two developing Ah, i just yeah we need to know by the end of next season whether murkov is going to be someone or there is not, and then just figure it out. That's my rough yep. discussion. Ed Kerno, like where does he? We've chatted a bit, but is he someone that you want bouncing around this team? What, yeah. what is he for you? I think I think he'll be around it, and I think I'm pretty confident that it will be his last season. So yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that. I mean, firstly, obviously, he's getting a flag. That's something he's always of course, deserved. of course, that's good. Of course. Um, yeah, but but again, I don't want it to be a situation where we where we're playing him just for the the sake mm. of it. But which I don't think is the culture that we have right now either. I'm, I yes. don't think they'll do that. Um, I, I think he's I think he's earned the right to be at least around it though, and I, I think mm. he'll play some games. Yeah, depth play option if needed. Experience in that VFL teaching the kids. Yeah, Paddy Dow. <laughs> well, oh, Paddy that's Dow. the hardest one. It's another season. Asking what what do we do with Paddy mm. Dow? Lockie, I'll throw it to you, mate. I need you under the bus for this one. Give me. I, I want you to give me the games over under for this one. What would you set it at? I've I've already written him off. I've delisted Paddy Dow. I'll be honest. Wow. If he, if he plays to, a game, need to throw, forget throwing under the bus. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If he, if he plays a game, good on him. I don't see him taking the step. I see him as a de- fine depth option if we need him. I don't. I no longer see a ceiling. 
or an opportunity for him. Mm. He allows Jack Carroll to not be thrown in if we're desperately hit with injuries. Wow. I'm glad I asked. (laughs) Is he anything better for you? (laughs) No. Sorry to be... No. No. Yeah. (laughs) Is everything all right over there, man? (laughs) No, it's really really bad. Actually... (laughs) I'm actually not excited for this season now. Now that we're seven days away, the stress is getting to us. I think so. I think so. So let's talk about another positive one. Jack Carroll, where's he for you? (laughs) I'm I'm more excited about him. I mean, he had some nice, he had some nice moments in the limited sample size. So yeah, I mean, he's got to show improvement. I mean, he, he should be someone, he should be someone like Dow who's like, he should be a best on VFL guy. Yes, he should become a guy that it's like you're too good for this, mate. Mm. But I, I think it'll be the opportunity for him to do that at VFL level will be there because I don't think mm. there will be a whole lot of AFL unless everybody. Yes, I'm not going to even yeah. say put an injury don't, into the universe. Why do that? To. But yeah, I agree. Like my negative hat that he's sitting in this room currently, clearly oh, on top mate, of my head, Debbie Downer is is that I don't know if Jack Carroll will do it. But what I want yeah. from him is everything you said. Play the VFL. Be one of the best on. Tell me what you are. Are you big, big, tall inside mid? Are you mid, half forward? Yeah. I want to learn a bit more from him. And yeah, he needs to be that guy that is, man, this guy's too good for VFL. Next year or even later into this season, he starts to come yeah. in. Because those little little games that he started last season, like the North Melbourne, he, he showed something and he just sort of slowly tapered off. But he's a young star that that's kind of, what you expect. So this year's almost his like you get that chance in the VFL to just mm. put 10, 15 games together and have that second half of that season as like, oh, this guy could be something. I think that's what I want from mm. a Jack Carroll. Agreed. Um, next next guy is Jackson Bins. Do you have obviously you probably haven't <laughs> seen a lot of him, <laughs> but do you have a, an expectation on what you're kind of hoping to get out of this guy for his first season? I mean, I, I always I don't like setting high expectations expectations much at all for draftees. So I think you'll yeah. be better placed. Do you like? Do you think he'll play a game? I don't think he will, and I don't think that that's a yep. bad thing. I always saw him no. as a guy that will take a few years to develop. Really good runner, kicking lets him down a little bit. Lighter frame. He was always very below a Hollands's standard. But I mean, yep. in saying that, in the in the um, NAB League final, who was probably one of his team's best out there playing that wing. And, he, and so, yeah, having Hollands yeah. and having a few players like a Cottrell, like an O'Brien over him in that role, I love that we can kind of just throw him in the VFL and be like, just t- take yeah. your time, mate. Take your time and develop and show us what you've got, it. whether he evolves into that half forward. That'll be interesting to see, but no expectations on him. Uh, Matty Owies is, a, is probably a bit more closer. <laughs> How yeah. far is he off mm. your best 22? And what's his ceiling is probably my depressing question to ask. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about you, man. I feel like <laughs> we, need, we need to get you up and about somehow. Yeah, um, check on me. I, I, yeah, the ceiling. That's such a hard question for a small forward, I feel. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's... Uh, I definitely would have Motlop and Durden mm. well over him for yes. the ceiling. But he's probably, if, you, if we're being real, completely realistic, he's probably not that much behind Motlop this mm. second. 
Yeah. Like maybe that's a bit overstated because everyone's so high on Mothlock, mm. but there's we're high on him for good reason. And we're not playing all three. Yeah. Yeah. Output at the moment, definitely close to level with those guys. Tackle pressure is something he brings in spades, but you're just playing the others over it because of that. The youth and the ceiling. I like him as a guy that we can throw in if there's an injury. I have no issues with Matty always being named in a lineup because Durden's got that calf injury come round one. Not yep. fussed at all. But I want these other players to... It's almost like a weird positivity spin. It's not for Matty always at all, but I go. want the other guys to really take that step. Like even a honey. Like I want others to just take a step and go past him so we are a better team because unfortunately I don't see that ceiling with an always, which just means we're a better team. If all these other guys come next totally. season, it's not even like a question of, Oh, this guy maybe comes in. It's like, no, these guys are that much better than him. And unfortunately that's just the role. I think he needs to play my man, Joshy honey. What, oh, he's what your man. where is he? Where is he for you? Mm. Oh, it's so tricky as well. Like it's so hard to see like, Premiership starting half yeah. forward ceiling. Okay. I don't. Mm. It's it's not there. And again, like I yeah. feel like I can't remember if we spoke about this on the pod or spoke about it off air. But it's like I don't think the club is every player that we get. The, mm. the expectation is that you have to be a, a like a Premiership starting yeah. caliber player. Like some of these guys, then they weren't high selections. Mm. We took players at the selections that we got. And we see what we have and not everyone's going to hit. And that's not a sad story that not every player is going to hit. Mm. And I don't no, think no. at the end of the day, we'll reflect back and think that Honey did hit. Mm. I think he's probably really got this year to show his signs, whether he can really do it. He's shown it a little bit. I was so high on him when he first broke into the team. And then last Looked season, he definitely took that step down. And I don't probably have a lot of high expectations for him this year. If he comes in, I hope he hits the ground running, but I agree. I think the ceiling is definitely lowered on him quite heavily. And if someone else comes in next year as a draftee over him, so be it. But if he takes that step, that's beautiful. And yeah, he's definitely down that depth chart at the moment. Lemmy, he's another very much raw. Harry. You just develop in the twos and take your time. Last one that we'll end on probably sums up my mood, but it's a it's big Fogarty. Yeah, what is he? What is he at the moment for you, Lockie? Do you have a position that he is for you in the depth chart? As in, not position number-wise, but where the hell does this mm. man play on the ground for you? Firstly, I'm glad you missed a player. I knew have one I? of us would. You missed one. Um, Fogarty, I would have him below Dow in terms of Potent, like potential of them breaking into yeah. the team, I would say, like long term. I just, I don't, I don't see what the where the upside is. Mm. Yeah. But we got him for no, nothing. I... He played some good games. A couple. Yeah, he is. He is like the experienced help. The VFL take that big body away from a Jack Carroll. That's all I want him to do this year. And yeah, that's fine for me. Who have I missed, Lockie? Because this is this is worrying for me. Well, one of us will have egg on their face because maybe you did mention him. Sam Phil? Oh, I, yeah. Well, I didn't. And He's I think injured. my main reason was I, I don't think he'll ever play a game again, whether that's even a VFL. I, I've, my negativity on him is that I've almost just unfortunately written him off as, yeah, you're no longer a Carlton player because 
Unfortunately, when you're that injured, I don't see him being close to best 22. I don't see the upside. He's been in the system for a few years. I just yep. don't see him there next year. So unfortunately for Philpy, he's completely moved out of my consciousness at even being at the football club, which is kind of sad. I really, I <laughs> it's I'm, been I'm a very depressing episode on my front, but I'm no, let, me, to let me put some positivity. Oh, okay, here we go. Here let we me go. put some positivity. Remember who you wrote off two years ago? You remember who you said? Delist him. Matt Kennedy. So just look at Is this at your that, hot Philby. take? Where was this hot take in the bloody <laughs> season preview? Philby becomes number four midfielder for the Galton, Galton Football Club. That's that's all I'll say. There's the, there's the positivity. Anyone can turn it around. Anyone can. And I hope some I'm of these get plays do. And I'm happy to put my hand up and have as much egg on my face because if some of these players turn it around, it means we're a better team. And that's why Absolutely. Like, I'm never going to get it right because who the hell am I? But that's oh, a part of the okay. fun in these. It's the part of fun <laughs> in these best 22s because you've written off yeah. Mark Bank. You've written off Holland's. Uh, you've written off Martin, whereas I've written off Newman, O'Brien, TDK. We have we have our fun with it, but look, those are our best twenty twos. We'll have them show us yours up on social medias for you guys to do it in the comments. Tweet at us who is your everyone fit best twenty two. And in a lot of these discussions, when we've talked about position, we've spoken about some of these depth plays. Do you have any Smokies that you think are going to take that step up? and take over some of these roles going into the end of the season. Because while it's been a bit of a depressing end, which I will admit it has (laughs) been, there is so much positivity in the actual starting team and a few of the... You betcha. Is it Pitonet? Is it TDK? Who's playing that wing role? Who's playing the high half forward? Who's the defender? There are genuine questions, and that's the exciting part for me. And I can't wait to do our our round one build-up where... We get to really talk a little bit more about who's fit right now, who's going to start that season, and how are we structuring our sides because of that? Because that's really the fun part. But I thought this was a really good experiment to kind of go through each player on the list. I knew it would be a long one, but it makes it easier to reflect at the end of the year where we go, okay, Mm. I've delisted X player, and now they're a bloody superstar, and I get to come back and look like an idiot. And Lockie gets to come here and and tell me I'm an idiot. So that's always the fun part. I'm never wrong, but. Oh, exactly. Never in his life. And and, that, and that's the fun part. But yes, that is this episode. As I said, there will be that round one build up to come before the season kicks off. Right and on. then it goes into the match reviews, the fun part of oh, this season. We're no longer talking wow. about will Cunningham be this player. We get to deal with raw data. And look. <laughs> and we love him. raw data. <laughs> There's it's nothing the- more fun <laughs> than raw Mate, I don't know. We love yeah, spreadsheets here at the Navy Blue Corner and we love putting it in we- and getting results. The unknowns, the probability is not something that we enjoy here. We like absolutes. But the one thing Wins I was going on to the board. On, because we're so deep into this, I'll bury this in. This one's not important. <laughs> this one's not important. You don't have to get angry. I gave you right, your I'm chance fine. at the start no of this episode. So shut up. Yeah. It yeah. Is- Take the reins. I'm saying that there is currently, as we are talking, a VFL game getting played with some of, I think Mitch McGovern's in there. There's a few AFL listed players in there. So if anyone has taken a step up and maybe Jack Carroll's got 40 disposals and four goals and everyone's going, what are you talking about? Jack Carroll's no good. He's a superstar. That's the evidence that we don't have. We don't have that raw data with us at the moment. 
But that's something I'm excited to then talk about in our round one build-up. Who's pushing for selection? That's the perfect segue into that one. But that will wrap up this episode, our best 22, at Navy Blue Corner on the socials. Like, subscribe, all of that stuff that Lockie told you to do. And you know what he told you to do? Told you to buy one of those T-shirts because guess what? You, you sell them out, you don't get me yelling at you talking about it every single week. That is going to finish this episode. We'll be back for our round one build-up next week. Round one around the corner. See you guys next time.